sometimes in life the insignificant becomes very, very significant. And in 2 Samuel chapter 11, there is an insignificant word, but that insignificant word is the key to that whole chapter. That word you're going to find three times in verse 1, verse 9, and verse 27. And the word is but, B-U-T, but. Very insignificant word, but tremendously significant as that chapter unfolds. It says that in the time of year that was right in verse 1, that the kings went to war with their armies. And as you read through scripture, you find the kings did go to war with their army. And uh, this particular season, David was the king of Israel, and it says, but David decided not to go. And uh, that did not seem like a major decision, but it led to a major disaster in David's personal life. David should have been with his army, but he wasn't. He may have been restless or something, I don't know. But if you go to that section of Israel, you will find houses were built on a hillside. And so the top house could look down on the next house, and the next house could look down on the next one down, so to speak. And uh, what was very important in the homes were the roofs, because people often would go up on the roof because it was cooler. Uh, it would catch the breezes and so on. Sometimes they built little things uh, up above that would keep the sun off, things like that. So David didn't go. And so he was really in the wrong place. It doesn't say that David checked with God, should I go or not go? It was expected the king would go. But David made a decision not to go. And it put him on his roof. And when he was walking on the roof, he looked down on the next house below him, which was a house of one of his generals. And on the roof was the wife of the general taking a bath. I do not believe that she was trying to trap David personally. And he saw her, and he, it stirred up wrong, lustful desires within him. So he sent one of his men down to that house to find out who she was. And when he came back and reported to David who she was, that should have been enough. It was another man's wife. David already had a number of wives in the house he lived in. But he wanted this man's wife. And so uh, they sent down to her and told her that David wanted to see her. 
and um, she went. And um, David was immoral, and the result of that immorality was a pregnancy. And David wanted to cover his sins. And he that covereth his sins, the scripture says, shall not prosper. But he that will confess and forsake, not just confess his sins, but forsake the sin and go on, will be healed. And so David took matters in his own hands. He, uh, on pretext, brought Uriah, her husband, the general, home from the army to update him on what was going on in the army and how they were doing and that type of stuff, which seemed to Uriah not a wrong thing to do. And then David encouraged him to go home to his wife Bathsheba so that um, he would think that the baby that she had conceived was his. But he refused to go. And he even um, had him up and got him drunk and told him to go to his wife. But, that's the second but, Uriah didn't sleep with his wife. So, it led to this adultery to be known. And so when he realized he could not get Uriah to go home to be with his wife, David took matters in his own hands and sent a letter by Uriah back to the battle and told another man in charge to, when Uriah was in the front of the battle, to pull the troops back. And Uriah was killed. So then David would be free to take Bathsheba into his harem as a wife. And uh, the third but is probably as significant as the other two. God saw what happened in the scripture says in verse 12. See, verse 9, David, but Uriah wouldn't go. In verse 27, but God was displeased. We may not find ourselves in the situation that David was in. But when we have situations that seem contrary, maybe the result of wrong choices and so on, there is a real temptation to take matters in our own hands to straighten them out. And as God sees us trying to straighten out wrong choices with our own methods, he is not pleased. We need to seek the mind of God. In my life, I remember uh, a situation very clearly that I had no idea the long-range consequences of that situation. And um, we were having um, 
a struggle financially. And the um, a friend of mine who was a pastor um, said, well, you know your salary is very low in this church. Do you still tithe? And I said, well, yes, I tithe. And he said, well, you tithe into the offering. They take the offering to pay your salary. So you should stop tithing and you'd have more money to get out of the situation. That was the worst advice I could have ever gotten. But it appealed to me. Why? It appealed to me because we were struggling financially. And so um, at that time, uh, we decided to get a credit card. And um, we would charge the kids clothes or their Christmas presents, things like that. And uh, we found that to charge was easy, to pay was hard. And all kinds of things were happening. I had no idea uh, really what it was saying in the Malachi that uh, when I rob God of his tithe, God allows the devourer to come in and to collect it unexpected expenses and so on. So I wasn't getting ahead, I was getting further behind. And later on, when I was pastoring my second church, I became really convicted uh, about being in debt, that uh, the scripture says, owe no man anything, and I did owe. And uh, it was just going from paying on the credit card and adding to the credit card. It was just a vicious, horrible circle. And so I went to a very trusted friend and I said, I can't stand this. I don't like this pressure. We don't make a lot of money, but I am blowing it with credit card. And in those days, they weren't charging as much interest, but they were still charging interest on the balance. And so I this man I trusted dearly. He was godly. He walked with God. He knew how to trust God for stuff, and we had trusted God too. But we had violated this principle of robbing God. And so he gave me this advice. He said, if you want to get out of debt, the first thing you need to do is to honor God with this tithe. I go, wow. And I thought, well, it isn't working what I am doing. And so what I did is I took his advice and we started tithing and then cut up our credit cards so we could not in any way charge and begin to make payments. And God uh, was very, very encouraging to us because we would get unexpected money, not tons of money, but unexpected money. And we also gave God his percentage and the rest we put on one credit card till we had it paid off. And then we took that payment that we were making and put it on the second card and paid that off. And then we took both those payments, put them on the third card and paid that off. So in a year's time, we were debt free. And God honored us to get out of debt instead of going deeper and deeper in debt, to get out of debt in a year's time. It worked for us. 
when we began to honor God and then we didn't have all these unexpected expenses. God says, you honor me, I will rebuke the devourer. Well, beloved, I don't know what situation you're in. But when we choose only with the seeing of our eyes, as David did, because we could lust after a new car, but we can't really afford one. We can lust after a better house that um, we don't need, but it's bigger. Uh, a better area to live in or whatever. I don't know what all's going on. But beloved, your life and everything belongs to God. Seek Him. Don't have these butts in your life. Because as soon as I go against the Word of God, there will be consequences. And those consequences can be long-ranged. Um, enough said. But remember, read that chapter and look at the three buds and realize that if we try to cover our failures, we'll not prosper. But if we confess them to God, seek God's forgiveness and cleansing, and seek God's leading out of the wilderness that we wandered into because of wrong choices, God knows the way through the wilderness, and he will lead us out. Trust me on that one, and trust God on that one. You know, our own life experiences, many more, and I'm sure that many of you watching have tremendous stories to share that when you made choices that were not in the will of God, and then how you got back into that will, and, and it took some real doing many times. Um, you know, if you have a story, we'd love to have it, because it's so encouraging, because life stories, it's my testimony, that's a living testimony, how God honored me, or honored you, when you began to honor him and how things unfolded in a, a way that there's no explanation. People would say, oh, that's just coincidences. Well, let me tell you, you when you honor God, you're going to have a lot of coincidences. Bless you.